that uh, Florida Beer Blog. Dave uh, did a review on that. And, oh, the, uh, F-B- it's on F-B-B? Twitter, yeah. Dave is the aficionado mm-hmm. of beer blogs. He is. From Mallory Square in Key West to the Governor's Mansion in Tallahassee and all points beyond, you're listening to the Florida Beer Podcast, powered by FloridaBeerBlog.com, your source for all things related to the craft beer community in the Sunshine State. And now your host, Dave Butler. Welcome to episode 13 of the Florida Beer Podcast, powered by FloridaBeerBlog.com. This is Dave, your host and author. Lucky number 13, actually, as we are going to be bringing you an exclusive interview with Rafe Kaufner of Kaufner Brewing. If you've never been to Kaufner. It is in Fort Lauderdale. He has decades of brewing experience behind him growing up in his grandfather's brewery in his native Turkey. There's a lot to talk about. He's a fantastic brewer and really fascinating to listen to, which is why this episode is the longest episode that we have ever released but i am not going to ramble on anymore because i want you to hear directly from the man himself i do apologize a little bit for the audio quality there were a lot of fans in his brew house where we were sitting and enjoying some of his beers so it's a little worse for wear i did try to clean it up the best and it's it's still pretty good definitely enjoy this exclusive interview with rafe coming to you on the Florida Beer Podcast. How many breweries did you have in, I in have Turkey? I have tur- two breweries in Turkey right now. Uh, we have another one just opened up in Russia. That's my father-in-law, St. Petersburg, Russia. We're looking for another spot in Spain uh, hopefully we're gonna open in the next couple of years, like year and a half or two years, and we like start our journey in United States here in that location four years ago already. I had no idea that you were a multinational chain. <laughs> we're building it up, man. We're That's... building it up very slowly, one you know, break by break, break by break. <laughs> well, I guess why why go international? Why not? go into Chicago and New York and... Yeah, that's what we're going to do on our American uh, Kaufner side. So we're going to expand here. I'm responsible here for growing the brand locally in the United States. And we have two more responsible people for one for Europe and for one, one, one for the East side. So uh, it's all divided. Everybody has his own goals. How are we going to do it? Uh, uh, but we started with a very small little brewery in Turkey. So after my uh, grandfather and dad used to work for uh, big commercial uh, brewing companies in Turkey, and I was the first member of my family who said, "Enough is enough. Let's do something." With we have we have so much background. We have so many recipes. We have so many things to bring to the industry. Let's let's do our own uh, 
label and we established it in Turkey so uh, it was like a 15 years ago already or 16 years ago I don't even remember so the first established contracts in, since 1933 uh, the one that says on a label it's uh -huh. when my grandfather has his first contract with the Turkish government and he was as a uh, uh, that was a like his company that start start servicing that the big uh, uh, Turkish manufacturer called Bomonti Brothers was established by Switzerland company landed a big money into Turkey and start building up like all, all those big stuff interesting so I've got a flight of five beers in front of us why don't we go and talk about bees oh i think it's about to become 10. it's about to become 10. yeah <laughs> so That's, i oh thank yeah, you yeah, so absolutely. much ipa on this end premier on that end oh, sounds good uh so let's i guess let's go from let's go step by step let me step let me step. tell you one thing there is 10 different beers on that flight means 10 different water profiles in uh every single glass here you see so, so we mm. treating the water through seven-step filtration system. A lot of people in industry already knows that because we're very proud of the water that we have. We're matching our water with uh, local water profiles uh, where all those stars was born, you know, in, uh, in origin country, in origin, uh, not country, city or village, according. So uh, and the villages will have a water profile that is so different that it really Absol does affect the beer? Absolutely. Those water profiles are usually the brewing water profiles. Trust me, it takes a lot of a time of a lifetime to find out which brewery was using which water. It, it takes a lot of the time. It takes a lot of the connections, uh, phone calls, uh, messages and, and emails to find out uh, why that beer in that certain place of the world are so delicious. And we pretty much believe that the main thing that affects uh, that great beer's flavor is main two things. It's first of all, of course, the water profile, the, the water, original water in the country. And the second one is the yeast strain that's been pitched in that beer. And will, I mean, now one of the things that I think Water Ale did a couple of years ago that I was always a big fan of. Yeah, I think I'm gonna light one of mine up because we'll talk about the cigars here in a little bit. Um, but one of the things that I've seen Water Ale do was to take a single beer, but pitch it with 13 different yeasts, split it up into 13 different uh, barrels, pitch it with 13 different yeasts, and it's amazing how the yeast completely changes changing the character of the beer. Absolutely. Yeah. He does amazing thing. I love uh, these guys at L'Oreal. They're doing a lot of cool beers and a lot of people speaking about them here too in uh, my consumers. They have really cool beers. So yeah, it's just just one simple yeast strain. Let me help you. The okay. One simple yeast strain can, can change your beer completely. And time to time we're doing that here too. So one of those Last things that I've done with a different Eastern and into the same word. There was uh, Hefeweizen with 55% of the uh, wheat in the grain bill that we made, dark raisin Hefeweizen. It's, it's right there in your glass. So this is basically two, two beers. Let me, let me find it for you here. Now this is remarkably darker for a Hefeweizen. I usually, it's usually bright and 
golden, like the one that's next to it. It's right between Dunkelweizen and Hefeweizen, right? Exactly, yeah, it's, it's, that's, that's perfect. Absolutely. It, it's, a, it's a great caramel color, it almost looks more like an amber ale. Yeah. Northern recipe, Northern recipe. So here's a great example of how the yeast changed the flavor profile. So you got the same wort exactly from the same batch. One of them was just pitched with a Hefeweizen traditional North Hefeweizen yeast, and the other one was pitched with a wheat uh, yeast, and we added some oranges and coriander in the secondary fermentation. Okay. So, so this one was so the first one, which Hefeweizen. is a little bit less cloudy. Absolutely, right. It's got that banana and clove sort of feel to it. Oh man. Absolutely, it's so much deeper than it. It, it, it. It's it's a lot more rounded. It's absolutely we rise to infuse the flavor and go as deep as possible. Yeah. So not as deep to make people feel some roasty aromas, which is not right thing in a hefeweizen because uh -huh. it's gonna go to dunkelweizen. So make it dark as possible without giving him any caramel or roasted aroma so it's still hefeweizen and then this one is the traditional wheat yeast but with the traditional belgian wheat, wheat yeast absolutely yeah. it's a little bit cleaner a little bit crisper aroma wise interesting it's definitely got that spice to it absolutely. you can definitely get the coriander yeah. right on the front um, not quite as Caramely as the other Hefeweizen. It's almost there, but the citrus sort of brings it back, you know? Absolutely. I think the first time that I came here, it was amazing. You had one Hefeweizen on the system, two in the fermentation tanks. We tried all three, and it was amazing to see how every single one of them was instantly identifiable Absolutely. as a wheat beer, but completely different at the same time. The so interesting thing with Hefeweizen is uh, it, it tastes completely different in the beginning, in the first couple of days of the fermentation. Then after the first fermentation done, it tastes again completely different. It's uh -huh. more like a traditional Hefeweizen. And then the third part is, depends when you're gonna get the yeast out. If, if you're gonna let the yeast sit a little longer, they're gonna absorb a lot of different flavors and it's gonna taste different. Or if you're gonna get it out as soon as possible, then you have more interesting Easters and more funky stuff in that beer. So interesting. When you're getting your yeast out of the beer, it, it makes a big sense. Hmm. Um, are there some styles of beer where it would be beneficial to leave the yeast in longer? One of them is definitely, uh, uh, I would say, uh, lagers, because lagers, they like to sit long time in the tank, and it's better to leave some part of the yeast, like a, just a little bit, like a 20% of what you're supposed to take out, to absorb all those funky stuff and all, all those uh, flavors that are not supposed to be, not flavors, Easter's that are not supposed to be in lager. Okay. So definitely those things are helpful for some of the yeast are sitting under the beer. In some of my lagers, up to two weeks extra time. Gotcha. They're just getting everything that unnecessarily things that are not supposed to be in the beer. Hmm. Interesting. 
Um, we've got others to go through. This is the Trigo, correct? Yeah, Trigo was born uh, in collaboration with a cigar company where uh, we made a lot of research about if anybody has that experience. So, so far we are the first company in the United States who have done this much collaborations with the cigar industry. So, first of all, we made first in the United States tobacco beer, tobacco uh -huh. stout. So we had milk stout, full body milk stout that we moved into the, a part of that, that beer we moved into the uh, bourbon barrel, let them sit about four months. Uh, after that, we pitched uh, about uh, six pounds of pure Nicaraguan Ligero leaf. Ligero is the sole of the cigar, the strongest leaf that's in the middle, in the three bar. Filler. Absolutely, in the filler. We put it into the beer, six pounds on each uh, bourbon barrel, and let it sit another four months. So total, it was eight months sitting in a barrel. So that was totally, completely experiment, and I never done anything, nobody ever done anything like that. However, that beer has like almost 9% uh, alcohol. That alcohol doesn't help uh, to kill any bacteria. So the cool and crazy thing we haven't expected, all that wild habitat, that wild yeast that been sitting in a, on, on, on the fermented uh, lijero leaves, uh -huh. cigar leaves, became alive, turned back alive, and turned that stout into sour stout. I was noticing there's there's a there's a slight sourness. Now, this is it. Trigo. Trigo is not pitched with uh, with uh, oh, okay. uh, with that thing. Yeah. Okay. This is this is not a stout. This is a red Belgian wheat ale. It has a little bit little bit tartness. I would not say sourness tartness, mm -hmm. just okay. because of the uh, different type of the water profile and these together. But so the final pH of that beer is a little lower in average than any other beer here on the flight. But that stout that was completely like a, you know, tart, tart, tart stout. We uh -huh. still have it in a bottle and before you're going to leave, I'll present you one of those bottles. Uh, it's really cool amazing. stuff. It's different. So we, we've done a lot of research to find out that anybody does that around the world. It was just one company we find out. Italian company based in Spain collaborated with a Spanish tobacco company and made that long time ago. <laughs> and we've been the first guys who, who done that in the United States. That was really, you know, exciting and cool because really hard to find any ingredients that the local brewers haven't played with yet. It's impossible, I'll tell you. Oh man, like, especially down here in South Florida. Absolutely. So this is what was the first thing. So the Trigo is the second, second thing that we uh, collaborated with a cigar company called Espinoza. And this is the local based American, Nicaraguan based with a local office, uh, great company that doing a lot of cool stuff. And they are the ones that, um, that do your exclusive cigars that absolutely. I, that so absolutely. If you do, if you do collaboration, do it till the end. So if you want to be one of a kind, so we one of a kind, we're not mm -hmm. just selling, uh, some cool cigars here at the, uh, at the brewery, at the taproom, and we, by the way, been the first company in South Florida as 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 a brewery who start uh, selling selling cigars and humidors in their taproom. However, however, we have just a couple of humidors, but we in love with tobacco. Let me tell you, not less than we in love with our beers. So, do you think that there's a lot of not collaboration but pairing that you can do 
with pairings, tobacco. Yeah, pairings are cool, and there is a, they they happen all over United States, everywhere where where you know uh, cigar aficionados got together with uh, brewmasters. So <coughs> the first thing come in your mind to do like a pairing with existing beer with existing cigar, blah blah blah. All that all, all that sounds amazing, but we we went a little deeper. So one day Eric Espinoza, the owner of Espinoza Company, came over and said, Ralph, we we are thinking about the new cigar, like different cigar, different top type cigar. Unlike anything that have been done before in cigar industry, it's gonna be uh, the name of that cigar is gonna be Laranja. Laranja means orange on Portuguese. Okay. So we need we're going to grow that tobacco next to the uh, orange fields and and when you're growing that tobacco next to the orange fields it has a little bit that orange flavor in the back it's not like infused cigar that hits you with a 10,000 you know through these things it's but this is just a little bit noble orange aftertaste that touch your tongue somewhere in the end mm -hmm. so I said, well, sounds good, sounds good. Uh, what you want me to do? He said, Ralph, what we can do with that? I said, okay, let, let's do the first thing that nobody does before. Let's create the beer for that cigar. But to do that stuff, I need you to bring me that cigar so we can smoke them together, mention the notes, and uh, find a great right grain bill for that cigar. Mm -hmm. And so that baby, that beer is gonna be born for that cigar. And we're going to be a sponsors in all your explicit sponsors in your events. and. Uh, wow. uh, that that beer is gonna is gonna be the number one and the first and the only thing that's gonna be perfectly paired with the, with your cigars. So we realized that in the basement, a great uh, red Belgian wheat ale will be really delicious. Uh, we 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 had a lot of pairings, but we came uh, with the idea of that beer. So we added a bunch of them out to fill, fulfill the the body of the beer. Uh, we came with the idea to add some organic maple syrup from Rhode Island. Interesting. And we added a bunch of Floridian oranges to infase the orangey aftertaste of that cigar. So that's that's what we have done with this one. And it, it, it's been crazy success. All cigar aficionados, all people who, who was pairing that cigar, was trying that cigar with that beer, was extremely happy. It's just, I mean, even on its own, the beer is really refreshing. It's Absolutely. got that light. It's not sour, it's just a little bit of a bite, yeah. but you get that sort of citrusy feel. Absolutely. So on its own, it's wonderful, but again, with the cigar, it's fantastic. Absolutely. Next so. to it, that is, is this the rough Clayson? Uh, might be. Taste it, try it. It's a little far from sure smells like it. Yeah. It is rough Clayson. Yeah. You're not gonna feel too much smoke because you start smoking cigar. But no, it's there. It's <laughs> but there. it's there, right? And and then what, what what makes me happy is that I've had other rough beers where it's like licking the inside of a grill. Absolutely. It's just too much. Absolutely. It, it, it's so it's interesting. There's a little bit of that slight cherry vanilla flavor to begin with. As I let it sit on the tongue, as it's sort of gone in, the smokiness has increased, and it's it's definitely malt smokiness it's not tobacco smoking so we don't have to forget that the best Ralph Weizens in the planet earth producing in the Bamberg region of Germany and Germany Bamberg region in Germany is super popular since uh, more than a century with uh, producing just particular style this style interesting uh, they smoking their malts themselves in a big ovens with a beechwood uh, you know and, and it, it's 
like a liquid smoke. That's what we call it. Yeah, so. pretty much. Uh, this one. Probably feels Pretty clean, yeah. Yeah, this is the feels Coming from an old world background, coming from the classic styles, do Americans get Pilsners right? What is a traditional European Pilsner like? You're I, smiling, and I'm, I'm waiting as for As I story. said, you know, <laughs> I, I've been telling a, in, in, in a lot of uh, uh, situations and, uh, you know, reports about uh, uh, Pilsner. There is, there is no my or somebody's version of Pilsner when it comes to this point. Pilsner is just like a classic music. It's just one style. You can play with it, but then it's not going to be classic. You okay. can do it like a rock opera from a you know Mozart concert, and it's still going to be cool and your own vision. But we're talking about classic music. It's never supposed to be changed. It is what it is. That's why we bring all our clean German lagers according Reinheitsgebot, which, which is German purity law. Mm -hmm. We're not adding anything extra, and we're trying to still as close as possible to be like right in the range of the style 100% including the water style, the water profile, we're talking about Pilsner, it's a Munich water profile or even sometime we're doing it the other Pilsner that is uh, Czech Republic Praga water profile, Starokramen. And this one, it, it just tastes correct. Yeah. It's got just enough hops to where it's got character um, nice I've had a lot of sweetness. Yeah, yeah nice malty sweetness. It's not aggressively hoppy. I've had a lot of other pilsners, even that go so far as to call themselves American style pilsners, yeah. where it, you know, it's it's almost a pale ale. It's almost Absolutely. an IPA, and it's not quite as still cool. Solid. You know, uh, I love how local uh, brewers are experimenting with the classics. This is how. Uh, evolution happens this is how the new things coming up you know everybody chooses his own way I choose my way to bring them as is but nobody says this is the only way to go absolutely not because look I'm going down to Wynwood and I'm enjoying uh, classic donuts you know with a salty filling with with uh, with the bacon on the top yeah. with the cream at the same time <laughs> And you know what? It, it is cool. If you want something different, I, I'm, I cannot say I can eat it all day long, but once in a month when you're going down there, down there you want to try something different. And yeah, exactly. It, exactly. it is cool. Uh, this is the Imperial Stout. Absolutely. This, uh, whew, this is starting to gain a lot of traction. A lot of people like to take their Imperial Stouts and really go pastry with it. Uh, yeah, well... Uh, we're doing some time with like different cool stuff with the uh, high gravity beers like a Belgian Tripel or uh, Imperial Stout. So we took a part of the fermented beer already and the secondary fermentation we add some, some interesting spices and flavors which uh -huh. is uh, absolutely, uh, you know, find the own consumers. Me, me I'm crazy uh, about like a beer, beer taste by its own. Um, I, I cannot mention, mention any style of beer with adjuncts that I can drink all day long. Mm -hmm. it's, it's my personal palate. It doesn't mean that this is the way it is. I'm, I'm just talking about myself. No, I, no, I agree with you. Um, one of the things that's so remarkable about this Imperial Stout is how drinkable it is. So many of them come out like motor oil 
and then you have all these additional stouts to where it it is difficult to have more than one doesn't mean that they're bad you know i i will you know, i'll do it every once in a while it's nice to have but i can do this on a regular basis and i can't do most imperial stouts on a regular basis. you know it's an interesting story my dad i was sometime uh, just laughing and joking on him saying look dad you when you're talking to me about my beers, it, it sounds more like, you know, a Kung Fu teacher talking to his, you know. Because <laughs> every time he was trying my beers, yeah, absolutely, my yeah. He was, he was trying my beers and was like telling, like a 90% he was talking about balance, you know. Balance my son, balance my son. It's all about the yeah. balance between this and that. That was his vision. I partially took that vision. And in most of the beers that we're producing here, it's all about balance, balance, and balance again. So we're not trying to increase any special flavor and hit it, you know, hit people with that flavor. However, I appreciate when the other guys doing that. It's it's cool. As I said, everybody has his own way to go. Everybody has his own vision of of the way it is. So my vision is bring as much scaling and the balance into every single style we're doing. So you're going to be moving to uh, Sistrunk and that's going to be... It took forever. I know a lot of my consumers, a lot of followers of Kofner, they tired, tired to waiting for that. Can you guys imagine how much I tired for like every single month, like and two months later, two months later. That two months later thing start, you know, was going for past like a year and a half. Jeez. I'm not going to blame on anybody, but you know, people that were slowing down that, pro that project, they know their own names, so I'm not going to mention anybody, <laughs> but this is all completely human factor. All human factor and nothing else. Well, I guess once it finally gets here, what will you have to play with? Uh, we're going to keep having our drinkable beers in one side. On the other side, uh, we're going to start another project with a lot of flavored beers, with the local fruits, local veggies, fermented with the different spices and crazy things. We decided to put one line uh, of a beers up to 10, uh, 10 different beers with uh, different crazy flavors, uh, representing local cultures. Uh, one good, like a lot of good things about that building, but one of the best thing that I love, uh, we're going to have a food court with a couple of restaurants inside and a couple uh, independent food vendors. So uh, people that will join us uh, uh, in a new place, they're going to uh, pair our beers with a pizza that's going to be baked right there oh, in nice. front of them. So huge pizza oven with the different types of Asian food or uh, Asian fusion, uh, American fusion food. So that that's going to be li re really interesting project, really crazy thing. I'm super excited to go there. Will you have a canning or bottling line? Uh, bottling line. We already we ordered our bottling line two months ago. So the timeline uh, supposed to be in the next two to, two to three months. It's going to give us about up to 1200 bottles per hour so that's pretty legit line nice. uh, so people that's going to sit at the bar they will see through the glass at the back of the bar how all the process goes that's so. awesome yeah because it, it's always amazed me how much you have fit into this tiny little space <laughs> it's, it's just packed to the gills with fermenters upon fermenters upon fermenters yeah so. i agree <laughs> All right, so what is next? Which one is this? 
supposed to be cream ale this one and IPA the other one. Okay, so it's the cream ale. I love cream ales. Sometimes you just want something nice and clean and... That's the best beers actually to do any kind of fruity infusions with because it's so much like really creamy and crisp mm -hmm. at the same time with a clean flavor. Uh -huh. Uh, beer has a little bit fruity aroma in the back, which is, comes from uh, uh, local hops. So, uh, on the 5th of May, we have an uh, event coming up when we're going to present a the, 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 uh, the thing called uh, five, uh, five Shades of Cream Ale. So, Five Shades of Cream is uh, five different flavors that we've been uh, doing the secondary fermentation with. Cream ale, and, and we're going to pair those cool beers, the testers. Mm -hmm. uh, every single consumer that's come here, it gets like a straight one flight of five beers with all different cream ales being fermented with the different things like basil and honey, like rosemary, Ooh. like uh, hibiscus, like uh, other cool things. And they're going to pair it with a local food truck, uh, will make a cool um, tacos for us with all different, different flavor tacos. Huh. So that's going to be kind of cool. That sounds amazing. Nice spot to be here and, you know, taste all those same beer, with different things that was fermented in the second fermentation and different food. Awesome. Yeah, I saw that recently you started up your uh, Sunday sausage offerings. Or... We brought it back for the past Sunday, so we haven't been doing it for a couple of Sundays because we had a food trucks mm -hmm. here so I didn't want to you know make them feel like we're feeding people for free but understandable yeah for, since last Sunday we brought it back and all Sundays is back here again until we stay in that location it's not gonna happen in a new location unfortunately <coughs> but we're gonna miss our Sundays <laughs> all right so what is next Trigo Maduro, Trigo Maduro. Dark, dark version of this beer okay and what was the Maduro? Eric Espinosa. Oh. He came back Makes to it me. Makes even better. Yeah. It's, it's amazing. It's, it's a lot darker and it's got more of a plum raisin quality, but you add that slight tang uh -huh. to Absolutely. it and that orange. Okay, so he so came back. <laughs> this is the best beer to pair with uh, Laranja Maduro cigar. So they came up with Laranja and a year later, uh -huh. Laranja Maduro. So we made first Laranja, Trigo de Laranja. Trigo is the wheat means wheat for orange. Okay. So Trigo de Laranja, uh, red uh, Belgian wheat yield, and then we made uh, Trigo Maduro for the dark cigar. That's fantastic. And brown ales, which I love, just the classic brown ales. Is this more of an English or? Absolutely, more English. You can definitely get the nut quality, like right off the bat in the aroma. Yeah, it's just, it's perfect right down the line. All it's day got long, that right? sweet, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I've had so many conversations with brewers that say that the brown ale is disappearing. Yeah. Which I feel is sad. Unfortunately, yeah, our wholesale with the brown ales also doesn't show great results, but we're still trying to keep it uh, on a wholesale base and trying uh -huh. to move it uh, to the more places. And uh, Irish Red uh, is unlike the other beers, it's not Irish Red Ale, uh -huh. it's Irish Red Lager. The one that we started doing uh, four and a half years ago, and we've been the first guys down in South Florida who started doing Irish Red as a lager. We keep that in the uh, tax. First of all, the, temp the fermentation temperatures is way lower than the ale temperatures. It's, uh -huh. it's fermenting in 10.5, 11 Celsius 
for two, two weeks and then sits another six week lagerizing. That's why it's very complex, no funk stuff. It's very clean. It is, it's clean, it's smooth. It's very drinkable. Little touch on the dry side, Absolutely. which is just, especially for an Irish rep, perfect. And then New England IPA. Classics. Yeah. <laughs> it's uh, not a style that I expected from you, but I'm assuming yeah. a lot of people asked. Well, when we're doing something uh, which is uh, not hard to do, easy to do for us, we're doing... For, for us, it's way more harder to do a uh, right lager uh -huh. than, than uh, hazy IPAs or New England IPAs. I'm not a big drinker of those kind of styles. However, I can enjoy like once in a maybe a week a full pint of it but it's and this one i mean hit it it's got that big juicy citrus blast what kind of hops did you put in uh this? citra we have citra we have cascade little willamette so all together interesting so what i've noticed is that a lot of breweries seem to be going back to classic styles yet you know they they've Obviously, there's some people that like the New Englands, and there are some people that like the pastries, but a lot of people that I've spoken to are preferring to be more clean, lower ABV, classic sort of styles. What I would say, uh, I don't know how many dudes will listen to that broadcast, but... Hopefully what, a lot. <laughs> well, hopefully. My, 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 my vision of the situation is this way. Look. So many people says they in competition with each other's. A lot of people are talking different things about each other's. Uh, all those things make me sad, really, because look, the only one enemy I can mention is a big commercial companies for all of us. And if those guys are able to do any clones of IPAs, cheap clones you know or yeah. cheap cheap stuff like uh i don't know orange beers or any other orange wheat beers or any other stuff that usually craft brewers supposed to do and people keep telling that oh i'm in competition with my neighbor there is not such a thing as the competition with a neighbor i never been in competition with my neighbors because i appreciate what what they're doing and i respect what they're doing and every time when my sales team goes down the streets and talking to the local establishment owners, rule number one in Kaufner Brewery, never touch local craft. Never touch local craft is rule number one for all of my guys. When they're going down the street, look, switch any other, switch commercial company, switch guest hubs from the other states, switch any other brand but not local craft. It doesn't matter how good is that beer, we should sell our local craft. Four and a half years ago, I said, we're gonna start doing uh, a lot of lagers and a lot of people from the industry say, Ralph, you're not going to be success because it's, that industry is all about IPAs, APAs, all new stuff, all interesting, you know, trying. So look, if commercial companies trying to do IPAs, why can't we as a craft companies have some of the coolest brought lagers and replace their taps and push on their feeds? Like, What's the problem on that? Why we're supposed to be in a competition with each other for IPAs when everybody can do some cool lagers and just run them down the street, put them everywhere around you, and switch all commercial taps as more as possible. This is success. I would love to see that happen. Nothing pains me more than when I walk into a place 
and it says we have craft beer and I take a look at the taps and it's Blue Point and Goose Island and stop by some local places in Fort Lauderdale go to Lee Bossy say what's your number one sell beer they will mention one of my lagers stop by Big City Tavern on uh, Las Olas and say guys what's your number one sale craft and they will tell not even craft number one sale beer in whole place is Kofner Lager we got to talk about sushi song because I was there with my wife a couple weeks ago Absolutely. we were going to see a show at the Broward Center and I come in and if you've never seen a Kofner tap it, it's got song? Rafe's face Rafe's head right there and there are three of them two of which you make exclusively for the chain. Song, he's the character. I don't know if you met met the owner, his no. name is Song, so his that's why the that's why the company name is Sushi Song. Gotcha. So his name is Song. He's in a character. So <laughs> we met with him just accidentally absolutely in one of the uh, uh, local places that we I've been sitting at the bar drinking the beer and I see the guy drinking my beer. So we start that conversation and the guy said I, he stick with my beer for like a, more than a month already. He's trying them and he loves and he was very excited that he met me in person. So we start talking about all different stuff about industry and then in the end of the uh, negotiation he said, well I, I own the chain of the places, uh, my own places, sushi places. So first thing we've done is went to his place, I said we make the three stops out of like a 10 or 12 places he has we stopped by in the three places they were close to each other and so we try all different kind of sushis because i was very wondering if you know if if he he has this much control on his business that every single location has you know the same standard quality which is really hard to keep and yes i was not wrong this guy has it and the, the sushi was fantastic. Absolutely, and I, I mentioned that all his sushi, all, all this guy, everything, like a lot of sushi places down here, right? But this guy does his own way, which is absolutely um, unbelievable, like different than any other places. So I completely agree. We sit together, we said, okay, we need to, we need to come something with, with, with something cool. So he bought a lot of uh, cake raiders to his places, and he said he won't sell just Kofner. However, Again, I told him, look, maybe you want to, you know, taste something different and try something different from different companies. So this way you have maybe one or two of my taps and the rest is the other breweries. Uh -huh. And he said, Ralph, I want to sell coffee. <laughs> so, well, thank yeah. you very much for that trust. I, it's well placed. Now, you make two exclusive beers for him. One is the New England IPA that I'm drinking right absolutely. now, is that correct? Yeah, absolutely, 100%. No. That's the special beer that we make for him because uh, he has a marketing team. He has a marketing team. Uh, we sit with them for a couple of weeks and trying to decide what, what they're supposed to sell so uh, to, to meet everyone's uh, taste. So we realized the younger generation would definitely appreciate uh, New England IPA mm -hmm. uh, and people a little older or, or maybe not even older people that loves not such a bitter beer they, they would love uh, they, they would be would love with, with this Irish red lager mm -hmm. and Pilsner is Pilsner man it's it's for everyone it so yeah clean. that's the one that I went with and it was perfect in it it was crisp enough to where it was a great beer on its own and clean enough to where it was pairing perfectly with the different kinds of sushi Absolutely. that we had. He said, I need one type of beer that's going to inface the uh, flavors of my dishes and it's not going to change them. 
just in face them I say the only way to go is the pale German style lager we can create for you very mild very drinkable not too high in alcohol not more than 5% alcohol and very low IBU like 90 to 21 so that's what we made for him and he's extremely happy uh, we already in uh, six or seven locations of sushi song by the beginning of summer we're gonna be in all 12 or 13 so they just recently opened up the new one in uh, Key West we're going to go wow. to set up my distribution company my, my, my friends who owns distribution company they, they gotta go for set up uh, uh, our beers probably in the next couple of days so that we, we're gonna have our first account in Key West which is very exciting that's that's awesome absolutely um, now you've been here in pretty close to downtown Fort Lauderdale for years. Yeah. And since you opened, the beer scene here has really grown. I mean, we're maybe, what, two blocks from Gulfstream and got a couple other places that just opened. You're not too far from invasive species. And Absolutely. All those. Do you see Fort Lauderdale becoming a place Absolutely, beer. absolutely, uh, definitely. As about uh, as about Gulfstream, I'm very proud that these guys open next to us. This is amazing place to be in. They have a lot of fun, a lot of you know different things going on there. Mike Demetros, the guy that brews beer for them, he's one of the most talented people in the industry, and he does really cool stuff. And I love uh, the way he does sours and IPAs. Those are really unbelievable cool stuff. Uh, uh, definitely, I feel a lot of those changes. I still believe that we need to a little bit push up for more changes to have even more than happening right now. But for past four years, like a four or five new breweries around here, it's a great result anyway. It's, it's a great result. Do you feel that the beer scene in Fort Lauderdale is mature enough to be able to appreciate all of this and more breweries yes absolutely as more breweries we're going to have here more more traffic we're going to have here uh, look we not even a, even close one step to start doing any kind of uh, start talking uh, about any kind of uh, competition here look everybody has his own followers and there is a way more people here in the neighborhood amazing community of people that enough to support 20 or 50 times more breweries than it is today. Really? So I definitely believe, yes, and Fort Lauderdale grows amazingly fast. So for from what I have seen here five years ago when we just took that location and what we see today, especially downtown and Pat Village side, the crazy things going on right now. And in the next five years, trust me, it's gonna, it's gonna go even twice, twice faster, I believe so. Yeah, Pat Village is really, it's, it's definitely become much more than it, because I remember what it used to be, and it was not a nice Absolutely. place, but it's it's definitely become a lot more upscale, a lot more mature, and a lot more exciting than what things were back even a couple of years ago. I wanted to ask you about your, not just your background, but the recipes, because you have, not a book, but it's all in your mind, this extensive list of recipes. I have a book either. Okay. A lot of notes that my grandfather was making but we should understand one thing that that time that there was uh, 
they were working there was a lot of uh, work with the uh, raw materials uh, what kind of uh, there's a lot of things about uh, what kind of mul uh, what kind of uh, uh, grains are best for malting well, different techniques of malting different types a lot of notes about that less less notes about uh, recipes but still a lot of them it's like hundreds and hundreds of them but malting is the most of the part is uh, of that book is malting that's why my crystal dream one day open up a malting company because I'm, I'm learning that stuff today a lot reading as much as I can so hopefully one day we can start producing our own malt you had said famously to me a couple of years ago that if somebody wants a beer they just tell you and then eventually you'll get it on tap because you've got so many recipes do you have any recipes for beers or any styles of beers that you would love to put on but you just don't think will will move yeah ralph weizen is one of those styles i, I love really? ralph weizen but unfortunately it's uh, uh there is not too many people comes here at least to my tap room that knows that style and According, uh, a lot of people are getting vegan now and they staying out of the uh, porks and bacon and smoky flavors and away from ribs and it's kind of, you know, healthy lifestyle kind of contributes staying away from any smoky food. That's why everything that gives them that smoking flavor, they find out really little bit heavy or like I had a couple of comments here that, oh, it reminds me of great days that I used to eat a lot of smoking stuff bacons and you know ribs and everything so I'm on a diet now I'm not gonna drink that because it just tells me you know keep eating <laughs> the other people is like it smells like a bacon we're not eating pork and you know it's 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 a little tough but one of my great favorite styles definitely yeah. obviously you've got the New England IPA which you hit out of the park are there any other more American styles that you kind of want to play with. The one style that I always find amazing is the Kentucky Common, uh -huh. which it, if you've ever had one, no, unfortunately, it, it tastes like an Arnold Palmer. Mainly the recipes that I have in in the book and in my mind, those are more European recipes. There is uh -huh. not too many of them, unfortunately, American styles. One that I really love is the cremeal that we made. Absolutely. But I definitely want to uh, start doing uh, APA too. So since we're going to move into the new spot, I think one IPA is not going to be enough. So we're going to do a, like a two types of IPA and this one APA we're going to add. So we need to have three uh, local American uh, uh, origin beer. For people that read the blog, one of the styles that I've gotten just really into recently is the Kolsch. And I've noticed it's getting a big surge yes. in popularity here in the state. Have you brewed those? Are you going to be brewing One of my styles, future things that coming up probably in the new place. Yeah, Kölsch is one of my, one of my really favorite styles. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Very refreshing, crisp and drinkable. Absolutely. All day long. <laughs> you told me, you told me Kölsch and I like feel like I'm drinking it right now. I'm like, just... Uh, refreshing my my memories and my mind we've been in Köln one of the you know the best Kölsch actually you can drink is over there absolutely yes we're gonna do Kölsch I cannot wait you'll have to let me know when that when that goes live yeah we're already done Berliner Weiss with it 
as as well as clean one and with a different juice. It's German way to add some flavor. I was just in about the... to ask you. I've had that at a 26 degree brewing. They, uh -huh. they had a Berliner and they yeah. had the fruit syrups, Absolutely. which is interesting but that's, that's a very that's the German way to do it so okay. you're not able to add anything in a fermentation or a brewing site according mm -hmm. German purity law uh, okay. and it's kind of interesting to add you know syrups into your beer and drink it so it's, it's actually the same thing as adding into the kegs you know like basically yeah. the same thing only this way you can sort of control it absolutely interesting and I will say because I know that you had mentioned the water profile this, I have some friends. Hi, Steve. This has literally been the best water that I think we've ever had, which I know is weird. I'll show you one but, thing. Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm really uh, sorry that guys cannot see it. <laughs> well, I'll take pictures. How about that? You, I just want to show you the filters that I'm changing once in a five, six months. Those filters are going to my those are membrane filters that goes to my uh, RO system right there. Oh wow! And it took like uh, four hours to disassemble this guy, change them, and put the new ones back again. Uh, you see how how big is those filters? That, you see how how cool those are? It's literally as tall as my daughter, probably. Yeah. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> yeah, those are very heavy and everything. So yeah, we we're taking care of our water. However, if anybody says, oh. What Ralph's message, so we cannot brew beer without treating water as much as he does? Absolutely, you can. Absolutely. You, I know a lot of people that has a good beers just uh, having a couple of charcoal filters, you know, just mm -hmm. treating water against the chlorine and this is it. But look, everybody goes his own way, as I said. Yeah. Would it be possible, say, if you were to take a Kolsch recipe, start with a couple different filter profiles of water Absolutely. but with the same malt the same hops the same yeast the same everything else is that something that you could theoretically do just to show how the water yeah change sure. absolutely well first of all kelch is mainly about the water so why really? why 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 Köln region has those unique uh has that unique uh uh famous beer because the water in Köln is has a different profile completely that's why when when we're gonna start doing Kölsch, it's first of all uh, we need to to uh, set up all our system uh, for for a different kind of filtration and and adding a certain amount of uh, uh, minerals uh, and salts into the water to replicate that water first of all the pH of that water and this is what is gonna be mainly unique about that because the grain bill is not a big deal everybody has grains those are usually uh, Weiermanns or Stamatz or, or uh, any other German type of uh, European type of uh, malts, not a, not a big deal. As well as hops, there is a lot of German hops you can buy there, buy here. So it's two things that may make Kirsch, Kirsch is as well as the other beers too. It's the water yeah. in the yeast. It's in, it's uh, interesting and it's funny because obviously everybody talks about hops. Yes, some people that will talk about the grain bill, especially if the grain bill gets, you know, five, six, seven varieties. Sometimes people will talk about the yeast, but very little discussion goes into the water. And, but every brewer that I've spoken to seems to agree that the water is of utmost importance. That's the 
the only single ingredient of the beer that existing in a about 90% presented in a product. So we're talking about uh, habitat. We're talking about that something that right now you're sipping. Every you sip is like at least 88 to 90% is water. Yeah. So uh, the way that your yeast keeping healthy and working right in the right habitat. Look, the water is the same thing as the oxygen for human. Mm -hmm. Better oxygen, you know, you have better results, your body more healthy, you're breathing, you're powerful, you're strong, you can do more labor, you can work longer. People in the big cities, they cannot work same amount of the time with the same physical, you know, thing as, as uh, people in a, living in the nature. Uh -huh. That's why you're looking into Facebook videos, some guy in jungle, in one day build up a tiki house. Like in a couple of, couple of hours, you know, five, six hours, boom, this guy done. Ask to do the same thing from the guy that lives in the city. No way. Why? Bro, our water, our oxygen here is different than the one in the, Interesting. the right places. But my water is getting, getting so, so much famous in the neighborhood here. I got a lot of people during the day, at least like at 25 to 30 people during the day that comes just filling up the water. I'm giving my water to my neighbors for absolutely free. Anybody needs the water for aquarium, anybody needs the water for his house, for the cooler, for coffee, anything. They come in here filling up big jars of 20 liters, 40 liters, 50 liters, 10 gallons, whatever. They really? get it home, yeah. I, and I feel really like uh, blessed for that stuff because look, I'm, uh, I'm not following any uh, religion I can mention, but I'm very spiritual guy. I believe in God, you know. I okay. cannot mention, uh, so there is no name for me for the God. But I believe in some big power that, you know, let's call it like watching us and, and every, every single man have to be first of all a right human, okay. It's not about the race, it's not about uh, nationalities, it's not about religion, it's about like a, being a right human. So what I'm trying to do, my nice stuff, I'm giving the water for free. Anybody needs water for home brewing, for drinking, they, they, they let the babies drink in that water at home and feel blessed for that stuff. The pets, everyone. So we used to have a guys here that those, yeah, he had, you know, he's a single guy that lives uh, in a neighborhood and has a big dog. I'm not sure what kind of was, it looks like a, huge pit bull <laughs> and he has some skin problems and the guy was here really you know feeling down and he was very sad that he was trying to treat him with different kind of medications nothing was helping to the skin one day he brought it here as a bro just tell me one thing what kind of water he drinks your pet it's like regular sink water okay start giving him toughener water bro after a week he came back hugging me so bro over over eight months we've been fighting with that skin problems never couldn't do anything so you know what was that that was chlorine that your pet was drinking okay so now you have clean water so every time you're coming back like a once in a two once in a three days getting fresh water for me blessing me and getting going back home i will buy bottled water from you if you when you move one to Sistrunk, if you bottle the water I will get it. One it day. is that good. Is that something that you wanted to? Absolutely. Trust me. I, I that's that's one of the things that we want to do. Actually, it's it's put a small uh, bottling line for the water separate, and doing that legit, not in the plastic things, but the legit, you know, bottled water. Because the only like, way to drink right water in the Florida, 
However, all those guys are saying, oh, our plastic not contain this, not contain that, it's all bullshit. Look, it's too hot here to drink water from the plastic and it's dangerous. I said, look, we, get, get your water in your thermos in the morning from your home, chilled and well, and then drink all the day, or get it in a, in a legit bottle, glass bottle. Yeah, we've, we've gone to either glass or metal. Absolutely. In my house. Those plastics are, no. <laughs> no. Um, chlorine notwithstanding, how is the water just the natural water here in Florida? What kind of styles would it Before, go towards? Obviously removing the chlorine. Well, before uh, we start that business here, during six, seven months of build-up, I took four different uh, water tests from that location. And I mentioned every single probe has a different results. Certain amount of the time you have, chlorine is always, uh, always stable. However, sometimes it gets just a little higher, but mainly it's plus minus the same thing. But then you have algae, which is, I don't want you to have algae in your water before you're gonna, you know, start brewing beer with that stuff or yeah. whatever. Or, and, and then you have a different uh, amounts of calcium and magnesium, which is normal to have it in the water, but it's abnormal to have a different amounts according to season. Mm -hmm. It should be stable. So, yeah, uh, the water here is far away from being normal. So even for houses, I always say, look, have your little water treatment system under your kitchen sink so to make sure you have your yugon on the water side. Okay. Do you think that once this trunk is opened, once distribution has happened, do you think you'll ever write a book just about beer, according to Ray Kaufner, the experiences that you and your family have had? Yeah. Because it stretches back generations with you. One. One day, definitely, uh, I, I write down the book, but it's not going to be in a close by time, definitely. I feel like I had a great experience of uh, living in different countries around the world, meeting all different cultures in their origin countries. And one of the best experiences of my life is living in the United States. And definitely, I would like to share my experience, but I feel like... Uh, well, nobody has guaranteed that you're going to wake up tomorrow, right? But uh, it's like a roulette, you know? If one day, uh, 25, 30 years later, I wake up, I definitely do it, you know? Then I'm going to have even more experience. And and that, that definitely is going to be, I, I, I think so. That might be interesting experience to share with people. Yeah. Um, at this point, are you pretty much the old man of Fort Lauderdale Brewing? Anybody that wants to open up comes here to to ask and talk and uh, well, chat. I, I had a lot of people that came here before they opened up the place. I don't think, I don't know if they was asking me anything or having uh, my advice. I was giving my advice to people that I feel I need to give it to. If he's going to use my advice, he's going to use it. If not, not. It's not a big deal. Uh, about that place, yeah, about that that part is it's very very complicated uh, answer you know because in the place that I was born in Turkey uh, having uh, a good relationship with people older than you and taking advices from those people is kind of blessing you know and nobody feels bad because he uses someone's advices uh, so I I believe. I give a bunch of advices to people that was stopped by here from the industry. I, I want to truly believe that 
those guys are used them for some point if if not this is their life this is their choice if they used i'm happy for it it's not a big deal you know well humans anybody anybody needs advice we're always you know here to to help with sometime i needed advices you know and i have people <laughs> that i'm in contact with from those are from europe the people that older than me way older than me one of my good friends uh, uh sultan santiero he's a uh, brewmaster from uh, uh, Hungary and he just uh, got retired last year and he's like almost 70 years old so yeah I was using a lot of his advices in my life amazing person this has always been sort of in the back of my mind because for many years actually many decades American beer really was sort of a joke especially if you take a look at it in the 80s because it was ruled by the big companies <laughs> it was only a couple different kind of beers and you know, England and Everybody was sort of laughed at us. Germany laughed at us because of that. Now, beer has completely shifted, at least here in the U.S. What is the international view on American beer now? Has that changed? Or yeah, absolutely. Well, look, all the entire world, especially United States, where all big sacrifices in the craft industry were all sacrifices of the big commercial companies. Look, still in Florida, we're talking about Florida, all the regulations about the beers was written by who? But one <laughs> the of the boys. biggest commercial, yeah, commercial we companies, mean, we don't want to mention their name. But, but everybody, everybody knows. knows. Absolutely. <laughs> so we're still about uh, like uh, impossibility of uh, self-distribution. This is one of the worst uh, laws that I ever heard in my life, that you cannot sell your own product. Why? Because you have to go and tell them, please, please guys, sell my product, it's good. And some guys that never brew a drop of the beer in their life and have no fucking idea what the real beer is, drinking that shitty commercial beers all day long. That just, I'm sorry for my language, but I'm really getting mad when I'm thinking of those people that believes they're doing good things. They're doing freaking bad things, okay? They're lying people with their commercial stupid things. They're making people people believe that they're drinking a beer which is not even close, okay? Not even close. And I've spoken to brewers that I would love for you to meet that literally cannot distribute their beers because the big boys have pushed them out. Yeah. And as big as this operation is, as long as you've been brewing for, there is no way for you to compete with some of those brands. absolutely absolutely well only thing i'll tell you is if they're going to change over the night the self-distribution law to the way it's supposed to be then you'll see a boom in florida then you'll see in like a four or five years hundreds of the new establishment open up and the government has more taxpayers more people is going to work in that industry more tourists we have here come in and spend their time and money here so do you see a lot of craft beer tourism especially in this area because i know we talked about lauder ale and they're so close to the port absolutely we have that. a lot of people a lot of people especially uh when it's season comes like a winter season all uh -huh. the snowbirds here and people that have vacation winter vacation they come here a lot of tourists a lot of tourists coming here i don't know how they're finding me if, if i would be a tourist i will never find my own location look ever. <laughs> but that people find us some somehow you know they they turning 10 circles around the building until they find the spot to park and come in that's the nightmare to you know 
come to that place unfortunately but in a new place we're gonna fix all of that stuff we're gonna have a big bad badass parking lot but as I said a lot of tourists here coming here checking not just us but all three four five breweries in the area they're going to Gulfstream they're going to uh, invasive absolutely um, and the Tarpon River it's pretty yeah. much close it's not far also yeah definitely and even brass tap which is, we need yeah. more we need more breweries and we need to change the law as as soon as we're gonna change the law then we, we then we're gonna start doing something you know when are you gonna run for governor me <laughs> <laughs> not me definitely with my English trust me <laughs> but I guess <laughs> it's better for me to stay where am I uh, look everybody have to do what he's best to do you know we, we have a lot of bad examples in politics when people are doing something, they, they you look. You you born as a businessman, just go for your stuff. You know, <laughs> you 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 born in political family. Okay, you have a you you might have a good success. Okay, so. but real question for you: Have you ever thought about reaching out to local and state government, talking to them? I had a lot of city commissioners here previously. Uh, I I had a city people here before, and we discussed a lot of things. That's one of the favorite spot of. Uh, uh, city of Fort Lauderdale, the guys that 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 seen Southern Top, and uh, we've been discussing a lot of things, but not too many things they can really change. They already doing all support they can, but the uh -huh. main support we need to have as a state government. The state government needs to take some action. That's why I'm actually not a part of any Brewers Guild or Brewers communities and everything because my first question is. What these guys doing beside collecting, you know, membership money, which is not a big deal for me. I'm not right now bitching about like collecting money. And any kind of uh, membership needs to be, of course, you, you you have to collect some money to make that thing moving. But my main concern is, where is that changes that you have done during the years, like uh, like the, the the Brewers Association of United States, like the biggest one. All the progress happens in Denver and Portland, this is it. And every second or third year you're doing your big convention over there and making people go there, yeah, it's a good adventure. But how about the other people? How about the other states? How about to push local governments or at least talk to them, have a dialogue, you know, talk to them and make them have some good stuff for people that live locally and brews locally and do some cool stuff. Look, at the end of the day, we're all taxpayers, right? I want to pay more taxes. In the case to make to pay more taxes, I need to make more money. And I'm saying, look, guys, let me pay more taxes, which is means the same as let me fucking sell more of my product. Yeah. If the local people wants to have my product on tap and they cannot get it because some of the dudes decided that I'm selling too much already, how you feel about that? That's a good point. I never really thought of it that way. Yeah. Uh, has the city been good to you? Because I've heard a lot of stories. I've heard some cities that have been open and welcoming to brewers, Absolutely. trying to get them open, and then I've heard some horror stories in the state. I never had any bad experience with a city that I've been dealing with. I haven't dealt with any other city besides Fort Lauderdale. Mm -hmm. We just stopped by once. Before we find out location here, we, we, we've been in a dialogue with a city of Denny Beach, which were mm -hmm. completely a mess. Really? completely messed by that time now it's changing as I realized like they they have a bunch of change but six years ago when we've been looking for the spot to put the brewery first place we stopped by that was a Denia beach 
and those guys was a mess. Even like a couple of meetings with them, just I realized we're never gonna do anything in that place. Definitely, but city of Fort Lauderdale, a hundred percent. They show all support they can. These guys are well. It's on the top, you know. See how Fort Lauderdale changing every single day. See, it's it's a old, it's a completely different town in just four years, three years. It's I crazy. agree. So CRA, CRA is doing amazing thing in that region too. Without power of CRA, a lot of people will not gonna be able uh, to open. We we never, unfortunately, we we have never had any support so far. But these guys are right now. Tell, saying us, hey, you need support, we'll show you support. So you're going to the new spot or you want to open another brewery, tell us, we're going to help you out. So the CRA people is very, very cool. They help out. And definitely if anybody wants to open the brewery, beside the city, you have to meet his local CRA. Interesting. And I know Dania Beach must have changed because they just got their first brewery about a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So <laughs> it, they, they might change, you know. By the time that we've been there six years ago, that was a mess. And that's one of the things that I've always said about craft beer, especially in the state, is because there's so much of a tourism aspect to it. And one of the big things that I like taking a look at and I like collecting are the passports that are coming up because... I love tap rooms. I love, you know, places like Laser Wolf have been absolutely incredible. But to me, going to the brewery, talking to brewers such as yourself, that's truly the heart of craft beer. Yeah, because I talk to the people who made it. And this, this, I just had two flights of the stuff that you made with your own two hands. By the way, what you want to drink? We tasted something, but now you start drinking. I <laughs> I don't know if I can handle anything, but I will definitely say out of the 11 beers that I had, the Trigo Maduro, you, you cannot take off tap. That has to stay in your life for the rest of your life. We'll keep it, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it's, and that's one of the things that I've always mentioned about coffee that I absolutely love is the fact that not only are they true to style, but there's so many different styles and so many variations of the style, but they're still the style themselves. It's not bizarre craziness. These are beers that a lot of the time don't really get brewed a whole lot. My favorite beer of all time is a Dunkelweizen. Yep. There's one place that I know brews it on a regular basis, but it's a seasonal. And then some other places will do it as sort of a one-off. But nobody does it regularly. So I'm always happy to see. Yeah. Well, at the new place, we're, we're, we're planning to put more tabs. And definitely, we're going to bring some, some cool stuff you cannot find anywhere that's going to be all year round uh -huh. on a tab. And then we're going to have some seasonal stuff. But as I said, me personally, I I, I love when, when people keep keeps you know year-round some styles that I like because you're coming back with no season and there is no your favorite product and then you feel like eh, I should go with something else so definitely there's something to be said about your your regular taps and there's something to be said about being able to have seasonals as well to sort of play around with just you know small things but you also have mentioned especially with Sistrunk when that opens up using local fruits and vegetables and things like that is that something that you keep an eye on and once certain things come into season 
then you bring certain beers in that pair well with those? Yeah, I have done a bunch of cool experiments with the coconut and local spices. You know, really? with Latin spices, Spanish spices. Those are really different. Uh, mango beer might be, you know, any kind of mango beer. There is a one uh, mango IPA in the market, but I think mango IPA is a cool stuff by itself, you know? Yeah. But, well, my personal vision of those fruity beers, my personal, as I'm saying, not, not for consumers, for people, I wish to add some spices into the fruity beers because just adding the fruit itself is just a light, like not just a little enough to me personally. So I personal, okay. look, if we're talking about the coconut, I definitely will be happy to have a little spicy coconut, you know? to add some sort of interesting pepper. Okay. And that would be really, you know, kind of not over sweet, not over filled with the body and too much coconut flavor, but that toasty coconut with a little bit spiciness of some cool pepper. Have you ever done a gruit? A gruit? Gruit? No. Yeah. No. Is that something that you've ever been interested in? Because, um, gosh, where was I? North Miami Brew Fest, which is sponsored by the Brewing Arts Program at, F at FIU down uh -huh. in Miami, they have a huge tent that is run by and features beers brewed by the students and grad students in uh -huh. their Brewing Arts Program. And the first beer that you try there, the first beer that anybody that goes through the program brews is a Gruet, so they can understand the historical basis behind the beer. See, one, one, like my personal point on that stuff, there is so many things you can produce, so many styles you can play with, so many things. One life is not enough, but you should never forget about your core line, about your main message. Uh, I believe in the main message. You can, you know, put some nice things around your message, but it never supposed to be changed in the main and the core. You might switch some things in you know, between, but look, I can produce the best cider possible without comparing with anybody else. I'm just saying best <coughs> cider possible as a cider, okay? Yeah. But I'm not doing that, right? I had an experiment and I was given that, you know, just make a couple of cakes and give it here for free, just people, you know, have fun. And then I mentioned like a group of people a big group of people, like 50 people, start coming here every single day because they, they fall in love with that and they even had a, you know, give me a hard time about like why I'm not keep doing that in a regular basis. Salute. We are not cidery, we brewery. Which is like, I love ciders myself, uh -huh. like a cherry ciders, all kind of berry ciders. Uh, one of favorite is the classic apple cider, the classic of the classics. Mm -hmm. And that was the one that I made for them. There was like a dry apple cider with a good amount of alcohol. It was full of apples, like a tart green apples, you know, nice. with tartness and everything. But look, a lot of things you can do. It's like, but but you should stay with with with, with your with what you should stay, you know. So. Excellent. If anybody's interested in coming, where do they go to find you online? Where do they find information? Uh, information about what? about me or how to contact me well i just had to see what's going on at the brewery and the best way should be an email it's on the website info at kofner.us or rauf at kofner.us directly comes to me like anybody ask any questions any stuff i can always respond no problem it's 24 hours with me my phone and i got that email uh <laughs> you know 
Uh, and you're on Twitter and Instagram. Yeah, Twitter, Instagram, yeah, my, my marketing guys are taking care of it and any messages goes there about, you know, questions to me, they address it to me immediately. Some other people, well, the best way actually to call me or text me is my phone number is on a Facebook for, uh, as, a, as a business number. So anybody calls from through the Facebook about asking any questions, I'm available. And that's remarkable that you're a one-man team. You've got the, and this is not a, this is not a small brew house. Yeah, not anymore actually one man. I got oh, okay. my I got my guy Amir. He's an amazing guy from the neighborhood that's been with me like almost two years now, and he started as a part-time job and doing some cleaning cakes for me. Just you know, I was needed just a part-time labor, but during the time he proved me that he's the cleanest crystal. This guy, and now uh, he haven't had any. Uh, skills or experience about a home brewing or any kind of brewing but this way even easier to teach person how to do the things right you know then reteach him so yeah so I got my guy right now and I'm very happy with him so we're gonna be together in a new place and we're looking for definitely he's a full-time with me now and I'm looking for a third guy to you know include into the team as, as and I don't I'm not looking for any uh, super skilled or or experienced person it's all about your mind and personality the only thing i'm taking care of is who you are it's not about what you can do for me it's all about who you are you have to be a part of the member of the family we need to trust each other that's that's the main thing that's incredible thank you so much for your time i appreciate thank you for it. coming here And that is it for our awesome interview with Rafe Kaufner. I definitely enjoy talking to him. He's a wealth of information and very, very interesting and different from a lot of the other breweries that I find here in the state of Florida. Plus, the beers are absolutely fantastic. And that, that Maduro one is just out of this world. Starting next week, we are going to be bringing you some exclusive content from the Windy City, Chicago, Illinois. I don't know if it's going to be one or two episodes just yet, but we are going to be doing that. And then we are also going to be doing an interview with several of the festivals that are going to be coming around this state in the coming weeks. So there's a lot that's happening on the Florida Beer Podcast. Definitely stay tuned. Check us out. The Florida Beer Podcast is a production of FloridaBeerBlog.com. Find us at FloridaBeerBlog.com. We're on social media at FloridaBeerBlog on Instagram and Twitter. We're at FLBeerBlog on Facebook. And you can write to me directly at FloridaBeerBlog at gmail.com. Our intro announcer is Jeff Brozovich. Today's music comes courtesy of Blue Dot Sessions. And you can find this song and more at Sessions.Blue. Thank you very much to Rafe Kaufner and everyone at Kaufner Brewing for their incredible hospitality for this episode. If you enjoyed listening, definitely subscribe, rate us, leave a review on your podcasting app of choice. It helps others find this podcast as well. If you do make the trip out to Fort Lauderdale, make sure to tell Rafe that I said hi and that you heard about it from the Florida Beer Podcast. We'll see you soon. And thank you so much for listening. Drink Florida Craft.
The podcast you just heard was made using Anchor. Ever thought about making your own podcast? Anchor makes it really easy for anyone to get started. It's a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing podcasts. Best of all, it's 100% free. Sign up now at anchor.fm slash new. That's anchor.fm slash new to get started.